0: Hi, Chris Vallotton here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Ali Valentin here. I'm here to let you know that this week, Chris has a special podcast episode to share with you. This conversation you are about to hear came from a recent live Q&A session on his social media accounts. I hope you enjoy it. We are live. We are. Hello everybody. Is
0: it, is it appropriate to say Merry Christmas? Merry yeah, Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. We're it is closer. officially December. It is. I feel like you can do anything Christmas related and it's
0: We had a Christmas kind of celebration this did you? week. Yeah, we did a tree lighting and That's right. I was assigned to the first service which had the kids Oh, cute! And there was hundreds of them.
1: They come running to the stage. They
0: were running everywhere. <laughs> and Dan's like, "I assigned you this." He thought it was real funny. I assigned I you this the service because 'cause of your patience. Oh. oh, that is. Too yeah, that uh, was too much. It was it was great. Their but the
1: energy running. is. High when the kids are in the room.
0: Yeah, then they had a snow machine. Uh huh. Did you hear about it?
1: I saw that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the snow fell down inside, and kids just went nuts. It That's was crazy. That's a blast. Yeah. That's
1: so good. And we also had the bazaar this weekend.
0: I went to that for the first time in ten years. Wow. Never you been had, before.
1: You had never been.
0: Bill kind it's pretty of, epic, Bill's honest. like, like oh, I go to the bazaar every year and I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm going to feel, you should
1: probably go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: my leader goes to the bazaar, I guess I should go. Oh my god. Yeah, I overturn the, the tables and I'm like, you don't make my father's house I... the house of merchandise. No, I didn't do that.
1: No, it's so it was... cool. All these people cool. that have made all these really beautiful things very, and put a lot cool. of work into yeah. it and amazing. Well, are you ready to, um, Oh, here we go. To ask some questions. Yeah. First question for you. What has the Lord shown you about the power of declaring things over your life?
0: Well, life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? It's powerful. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to repeat what the Lord says. Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, again, it's got to be what the Lord says, but I think it's important to repeat what the Lord says, because, you know, again, we've talked about this so many times on these podcasts, but, uh, you know, uh, prophecy is foretelling, which means I'm telling the future, but it's also forthtelling, which means I'm causing the future. Mm-hmm. Again, Ezekiel 37 is the greatest passage that's easy to understand. So, yeah, I think it's important to proclaim those words over your life, over our lives, yeah, over really the powerful. lives of our friends and children and. Co-workers, I think it's pretty important.
1: Yeah, I've often heard you say the phrase "to our words create worlds." Yeah, I think that's you that says yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's really powerful. We even see the Lord. The Lord spoke things into being. Yeah, right? Genesis one, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, there's obviously power in our words.
0: I think prophecies sometimes is like co-creating with God. Mm. You know, we're co- we're co-heirs with Christ, yeah. and I think prophecy is often co-creating with God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really good.
0: You know, you know, complaining is doing the opposite, right? Complaining is actually... Destructive. You know, it's destructive. It's the life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right. And James, I've been reading James this week, which is, ooh, man, the book of James is I know, it's a bit of
1: a rebuke. <laughs> Every chapter is a rebuke. <laughs> right.
0: But, you know, he talks about James, I think it's chapter three, where he goes, you got a tongue that's out of control, and you need to, like, it's, on, it's setting things on fire.
1: Yeah.
0: And I've been thinking about that for myself, so I'm working on... I'm, I'm working on tongue training. Yeah. You know, it's really good. <laughs> Put a leash on it.
1: Yes. Well, actually this came up in the office. I was talking to one of the girls yesterday too, just about our words and the power of our words and how i it. There's a, I think you will be able to tell me if this is true, but, and I think it's in Matthew that it says on judgment day, you'll have to recount for every yeah. idle word that yeah. you spoke. And we were like, what in the world? Like, so, think about how many words you use in a day. And how are, how do you know if they're purposeful yeah, or purposeless? I, I, like, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, just it seems yeah. to be in theme this week for yeah, sure. It
0: is. Yeah, repentance. Yeah. It's yeah. really
1: good. Okay, next question. How do you know when it's a prophetic word, when you've received a prophetic word for the body of Christ? So not just a personal word, but knowing that it's a corporate word.
0: Well, first of all, for you to have a corporate word for the body of Christ, you have to have corporate influence and corporate authority because hmm. otherwise, you know, you're prophesying outside of your metron, your sphere. Yeah. So you know, if you get a prophetic word it's for you and then, you know, you think, well, this is for the church too, but you have, you, you have no, you have no uh, relational capacity or uh, you have no, you know, you only have as much influence as people have value for you. And you know you're you're not a known entity
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the body, and you don't have a track record that people can you know f- flow with. You know it's the wise thing to do is not give it to the body and just mm. walk it out yourself.
1: Yeah. Sometimes do you think though that the Lord will show you things that He's doing in the body, like show you prophetically yeah, what for, He's doing? Prayer, mm, but not to declare, or not to well, share. Y-
0: Maybe I'm responding a little bit to you know what I've seen, but mm-hmm. it's like especially especially rebukes. I grew up with totally. people standing up on Sunday morning, you know, rebuking the pastor, rebuking the leaders, mm-hmm. rebuking the church, and I'm like,
1: yeah,
0: oh goodness, you know, uh, they're like, well, that happened in the Book of Revelation. It's like, well, you're not in the Book of Revelation. You're not the Apostle John, and Jesus didn't come to you and you know open open yeah. vision, you know. Mm-hmm. So the deal is is that I think it's fine for leaders who have a rebuke for the church or for their yeah. their you know their leaders, but I think that you, you know, like I don't want you to spank my kids. My kids may may, may need discipline, but mm-hmm. I, I don't want you. You don't
1: have permission. No,
0: to spank yeah. my kids. And so I think that people come in all the time and they Not 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 all the time anymore, but used to be very consistent. People would come in and spank other people's kids. I'm like, you you don't you don't spank my you don't even belong here. And if you do, you have no authority here.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I don't go into somebody's store and correct their employees. I may file a complaint with the manager, Mm -hmm. but I'm not like, hey, you know, I I don't like your uniform. Where it's like, what are you doing? You have no authority here. You know,
1: right? That's good. That's really good. Okay, somebody's asked. What is anointing? Is it a gift or a calling? Is there oil involved? I love how they ask this question. Like it can be <laughs> talked about in so many different ways.
0: No, I mean, uh, the, the oil is often used as a, uh, you know, a physical obedience brings spiritual release. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, oil or no oil. I mean, the, the anointing often, we're using oil as a prophetic act. Mm-hmm. And the anointing the oil is actually uh, is actually representing the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's the one mm-hmm. who actually anoints us, yeah, and anointing gives us a purpose, so like the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable, but the anointing ebbs and flows with the presence of God on our lives
1: that's really good,
0: so I think that um I think that it doesn't have to have oil, often you know anointing on someone's life isn't necessarily done by others.
1: Hmm.
0: Although in our environment it's often done by others, but it isn't necessarily done by others. What
1: do you mean by that? It
0: well when Jesus quoted Isaiah sixty one, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me for the Lord you know, in, in you Luke mean? four, mm-hmm. he he didn't have someone specifically anoint him mm-hmm. but the Father right. in heaven. Right. But on you know in the other on the other side of it we see lots of uh, you know kings and leaders mm-hmm. and prophets being anointed by other prophets. Yeah. So, and then we see the presbytery in, um, in, in Timothy that we see the, at least the, the, the effects of the presbytery who actually laid hands on Timothy and set him in, you know, set him in a gift. So uh, I'd say it's, you know, it's sometimes done by men you know, I mean, mankind, like right. humans, right. And sometimes the anointing is just on a person's life and it, what it's doing, it's yes. giving them Holy Spirit purpose.
1: That's really good.
0: Mm-hmm. That's but it good. does have them flow with the, with the purposes of the spirit, right? Yeah. Like the gifts and callings don't ever leave, but the anointing does Abs have them flow. flow. Yeah.
1: How did you recognize anointing certain anointings on your life?
0: Uh, Cause I, the, the, it gives me my purpose. So, you know, for example, you know, people would ask, you know, uh, especially students, like, did you ever have any desire to lead, you know, a movement? <laughs> no. Mm. Like, that's all anointing. Like, that's all anointing. It's not in my personality. It's not in my history. Oh, interesting. It's, you know, it's, it, it's not even in my early prophecies. So, mm-hmm. you know, but what happened when the Lord anointed me, uh, suddenly, like, I had a drive to lead. I would say the same thing with, like, I, I minister a lot behind the scenes with uh, political people, and I have for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a prophetic word about it a long time ago, but had no desire to do it till yeah. I actually was anointed by the Holy Spirit for it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really good. Yeah.
1: Okay. Somebody's asked, what is our soul and what is its purpose? I think this is coming from <laughs> last week.
0: These are deep questions. I know. Man. <laughs> And Brain it, hurts already. Like,
1: do you want to come back to that one? No, I mean we'll pass it's fine. You an easier one.
0: Well, we're spirit soul and body, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we used to say soul is mind, will, and emotions. Yeah, but I don't actually agree with that because the mind is made up. Of, uh, tridimensionally, the mind the mind is spirit. You know, Paul said in Ephesians four,
1: mm-hmm.
0: be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yeah. So we can't say that the mind is just the soul because. Paul said, "Be renewed in the spirit of your mind." Mm-hmm. We know that your 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 mind your, also is biological because we know that if you take, for example, illegal drug, it affects the way you think. So right. you can't say your mind is it's just justice. is just soul and spirit. Right? Say body's involved too. Right. So, um, but I would say that your your soul includes your emotional state. Your soul is what's actually being saved, not your body.
1: Hmm.
0: Your soul is your personhood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I think that your soul is your personality. Mm -hmm. Your soul is like, you know, you know, we have so many grandchildren, your son being your, your your husband being one of them, one of them. But I I look at the difference between grandchildren raised by in the same home and the differences are often related to soul. Like this is, Mm -hmm. this is in their DNA of their soul.
1: Oh, very interesting.
0: So I think that the soul is, is the essence of your humanity mm-hmm. and i think the spirit the human spirit is the other side of it it's the god's the, i think they're both god sides but one is the the god side in the essence of your personality the other is the essence of your of your spiritual condition and yeah. spiritual purpose
1: that's really good um okay <laughs> next question i'm trying to find one that's not 70. oh gosh <laughs> okay what do you like
0: to eat for what's your favorite ice cream
1: right <laughs> Somebody's asked what should daughters without a dad do to get identity? Wow.
0: Why don't you answer part of that? That's a good question. You have a, you have a good dad, but
1: I do have a very good dad. So
0: you could think through what your dad provided and.
1: Yep. I think one of the first things that comes to mind that my dad provided was belief in myself.
0: Oof, That's a big one. So
1: I never doubted if I was capable because I had a dad that believed I could do anything. And I think that, yes, I had a dad that nurtured that in me, but I'm thinking if I didn't have a dad that nurtured that in me, what would I do? I would probably want to attack the belief system that I have in myself that doesn't align with the truth of who I am. And you might need to get surrounded by people that have done that already in their life. The village. Yeah, and truthfully, you probably need to find other father figures, you know, to speak into yeah. your life and to pull out the gold inside of you. So good. Because yeah, we we glean a lot of identity from our earthly father, but truthfully, our our true identity comes from a heavenly father, mm-hmm. right? So it does, yes, obviously there's, you can feel the lack of an earthly father, but we have a heavenly father that's a perfect father. So regardless of what your relationship looks like with your, earthly father you have a Heavenly Father that can speak identity into you in ways that an earthly father couldn't ever even do so it's leaning into him finding the community that helps you do that that's what I would
0: I think it's good yeah I think that there is kind of a co-laboring as Mm -hmm. in in healthy fatherhood because you know the sperm uh, not the egg determines the sex of the child so Mm -hmm. fathers are and then you typically in a wedding, you're taking on the last name of the husband.
1: Right.
0: So it just speaks prophetically of dad is the main, you know, fathers are the are the are the main identity givers, not yeah. the only, not yeah. the only, but the main. Right. And I think that the lack of fatherhood in our nation right now is why we have, in my mind, transgenderism, why we have you know uh people people who are are men i think they're women and i don't say that in a judgmental way i say mm-hmm. it as this is this this is the sickness of our generation yeah and i think it i think it's directly 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 tied to the, the fallest generation that we're that's really good that
1: we in you know what something i've been thinking about recently on this topic though is i think yeah we have a whole generation of fathers mm. that I think, don't know how to be a father. That's right. And so we have a whole generation of kids that don't really know how to interact with their father,
0: don't know how to be sons and daughters. Yeah.
1: And I think that actually as sons and daughters, you have permission to tell your dad, especially as an adult son and daughter, who you want him to be in your life, because Mm. I think sometimes our dads need permission, especially as we grow up Mm. to play a part in our life
0: when they've been absent, even maybe.
1: Yeah. When they've been absent, when they've not known, they didn't have a father, they don't know how to be a father. Like we have generations of this issue. Like I think about moments with my dad where I've had to go to him and say, Hey, Mm. this is who I need you to be for me in this season and how he's shifted. And been that for me, because he needed permission. He didn't watch his dad do that, you know? And obviously you, you don't, you shouldn't have to do that. But I think that there is, I think
0: you should even, you know, I mean, I don't know if you should or shouldn't. Maybe, yeah. I, maybe I, maybe I'm not disagreeing. I, I am saying it's. My kids have done that with me.
1: Yeah, I think I, I mean it's, it's a relationship yeah. goes two ways. Yeah, yeah, and and just telling your dad you you have a place in my life. I want your voice to be here in my. I life. think
0: that's especially important if your father disappeared mm-hmm. in your life. Maybe maybe physically or, or emotionally. emotionally. Yep. And then you're reinviting him into that place because he might be living in shame of, of yeah. his, you know, his disappearance might have caused shame in his life. That's so good.
1: Yeah. Okay. Are we, are we ready for another I question? So. Okay. Somebody's asked, can a woman pastor, uh, can a woman be a pastor or an elder? I would love to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. You've written a whole book on that, huh? Written
0: a whole book <laughs> called fashion rain. And if you want to know the theology of it, you should read the book called Fashion terrain Rain, and uh, there's three, two or three chapters on the theology of mm-hmm. um, uh, of that exact subject. And uh, I'll give you just a quick, a couple of nuggets so that it will get you interested enough to read the book. This is, by the way, people are going to text me. I mean, I know they're going to they're going to chime in right now and go, "Oh, this is that, and this passage says this, and I'm like, <laughs> I wrote a whole book about it. So it's you know you it's sixty seven thousand words long. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to. You're not going to get the biblical, you know, uh, uh, exposé of everything I I believe. But just in a nutshell, Paul, the Apostle Paul, or the or the the first, let's say, the New Testament was basically written to three groups of people Mm -hmm. who were alive on the earth: Greeks, Romans, and Jews. Mm -hmm. And so the 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 uh, Jews really um, made women second. Class citizens; they were uh-huh. considered dogs. They, they couldn't even be a witness in a court case because they were yeah. considered to be liars, inherently liars. And I could go on and on. So the Jews really oppressed women. Yeah. Um, not it, this is in Judaism. This wasn't. I'm not talking about the Jewish people in general, but the Judaism. Yeah. where What Jesus walked in, when he was, uh, in the the Pharisees, scribes, and Sadducees were all Ju- Judaizers.
1: Yeah.
0: And then the Romans, they had actually a higher view of women. They uh, w- women could actually uh, they could actually be a, a, a witness in a court case. They could mm-hmm. actually own land, and they could actually hold a political office. Wow! Which is pretty amazing, that right? That's amazing. the Romans. Yeah. The Greeks on the Greeks made women gods. Yep. And so um, the Greeks believed that women were over men for two reasons. One, they said that every man every male was born out of a woman and therefore she was preeminent.
1: Yeah.
0: So she was born. And then, and, and they said that because a woman's sex drive is less than a man's typically, mm-hmm. that a, a woman has something a man wants, but a woman, but a man doesn't have something a woman wants. Hmm. So, um, so now, why did I say all that? Because the only places where Paul writes any corrections about women, Mm-hmm. are to Greek cities. Hmm. He wrote to Creed, Corinth, and uh, Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Those were all Greek cities. Why is that important? Because they all had Greek gods. Get this, the Greeks had gods that were men and women, right? Because they were right. polytheism. Right. But those three cities had the God, the God of those cities, of each of those cities, were a woman. Interesting. And that's why Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians 11, for example, he says it was first, you know. He says first there was God, then Christ, then then man, then woman. And mm-hmm. the reason why he addresses creation order is because he's talking to Greeks, who who believe that women should dominate men because of their creation order. Wow. And he's correcting the creation order. Wow. And uh, and same thing in uh, he writes to Timothy. Of course, Timothy is the apostle of Ephesus, another Greek city with. Um, you know, with uh, Diana, mm-hmm. and then you have, uh, and then you have Creed, which, which Titus is—he's uh, shepherding Creed. Yeah. So the only places you have corrections about women are in Greek cities.
1: Wow.
0: Not he didn't write the Romans. He said in the Romans, there's no male, female in Christ. Wow. He doesn't write. He doesn't write any corrections about women to to any city except for the three Greek cities.
1: So interesting. So, And
0: I could go on and on. If you're res- interested, you should read the book, the book's Fashion to Rain. It takes you through all what Paul says about elders, mm-hmm. what Paul says about women leading men. The whole yeah. deal's there. So and good. It's a very balanced approach, by the way. It's not slanted one way or the other.
1: That's good. It's really, really good. Okay. One last question for Ooh, you.
0: We're almost done already.
1: I know. It was so quick. Um, there is so much prophecy in the Christmas story of Jesus's birth. Yeah, is there any part of his birth that you think we overlook or take for granted?
0: Oh gosh, I know that's
1: a big old question. We just we gave you all the big questions today. Um, that we overlook or take for granted. Well,
0: there, I, I'll, I'll say there's several things. For example, when you think about the Christmas story and three wise men, first of all, there's nowhere in the Bible that says just there were three.
1: three. I realized that literally just this week.
0: Yeah. The second thing I would say about the Christmas stories, that's really powerful that I've never heard anyone teach is that they were Magi who came Mm -hmm. and the Magi have their origin in, uh, in Babel in Babylon. Uh, Uh, and uh, Daniel, when Daniel became the chief of the magicians, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he became the head of the Magi. Wow. And, uh, and, and, uh, history tells us that Daniel actually taught, the Magi, who were stargazers, mm-hmm. their primarily prophetic ministry came primarily from the stars. stars.
1: Yeah,
0: which is you know Genesis, I think it's one eight that says that that God put the uh, sun and the moon uh, in the in the sky for signs, mm-hmm. f- and for days and for years. Mm-hmm. And so they they looked into the stars, and and uh, and Daniel's the one who taught them mm-hmm. to uh, to these stargazers that there was going to be a savior. Yeah. And that there would be a star
1: yeah
0: and then um, when they came to offer uh, gifts um, they came as you might they were like ambassadors to kings mm-hmm. and they opened their treasures and that those treasures probably um, most likely they opened treasures so mm-hmm. they weren't like, oh here's a gift I wrapped for you yeah and so that probably funded Jesus early ministry
1: yeah
0: um, so there's lots of things like that that I think are profound and powerful. The star in the sky, the shepherds. You know, we, we tell these like kids' stories and like I the mean, shepherds heard a voice. I
1: know, and so, and for, with heavenly hosts. Like I think I feel a little bit Crazy, come
0: on, keep going. <laughs> I, I, know, I know, this is, like the story is so Christmassy that we lose sight that of we lose the how profound. profound.
1: I was at my desk last week reading something for work that was revol- revolved around Christmas stories. So I was having to read multiple, Obviously Matthew and Luke and all. What else did you see in there? And I just started to cry when I got to the part about the shepherds and they come to Mary and they tell her the things that they've that these angels have told yeah. them about her son and she just oh that's beautiful holds it in her heart. I'm like what? <laughs> oh,
0: that's just craziness. Like, but you know, but she also has so her cousin
1: yeah Elizabeth as John
0: the Baptist yeah right who, and, who, who leads who the leaps, way. and leaps in the womb. Yep and all this crazy stuff I mean, it's just crazy and then the you know yeah, and then Herod crazy. is trying to kill yeah, kill Herod's, him when he gets to be 2 years old
1: and the magi and the wise men decide not to go the same way back
0: <laughs> going the same way back and then
1: and the lord speaks to everyone in dreams Joseph. Like, joseph has a dream Elizabeth ha- or, uh, Zach- Zachari- Zacharias Zacharias had, or Zach, Zachary. Zacharys had a dream about John the Baptist. Right. No, Joseph- he had an
0: open vision. Actually, an angel spoke to him.
1: Oh, okay. Well, Joseph has a dream. Yeah. Then the then the, uh, Joseph has, has four dream.
0: dreams that save Jesus. Yep. He it's keeps so crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh.
1: Keep track of your dreams.
0: <laughs> we should like have another conversation I about know. this. Honestly, the,
1: I've been blown away by it this profound. last this last week. It's really really profound and to think the faith I always am just like blown away by the faith of Mary blown um, away are you kidding me
0: and you know and then there's questions like the mysteries of the Bible right like what mm-hmm. happened to Joe
1: Joseph yeah
0: because yeah. he <laughs> and, disappears from the story without you know I mean up till Joseph Jesus we see Joseph when he's when Jesus is 13 okay, Joe's so still in the in the story right yeah because Jesus is in the uh, he
1: runs away. Yeah, they like, yeah, where is he? Oh, my father's, father's
0: house. house. And that's the last story of Joseph. That is so interesting. So what I've happened to Joseph? You know, because Joseph is just exits the scene, completely exits the scene. So, you know, uh, did Joseph die? Or, you know, was she, was he just not, you know, profound because the story obviously isn't about Joseph, it's about Christ. So maybe yeah, he think was think not prominent. Jo-
1: Joseph played such a key part in that too, if we think about it. I mean, would Mary have been... You know, just completely um, shut out from society because she's a single mom. With oh, in that and society, that, yeah. in Jewish society. But oh my Joseph gosh, was a protector to her. He yeah. in lots of ways, I feel like paved a path.
0: And and you know, and Jesus was, uh, you know, that when the Pharisees said, "We were not conceived; we are Abraham's children. We were, we are not conceived out of you know, basically out of wedlock." Mm-hmm. They were saying to Jesus, "Your mother was."
1: Yeah,
0: your mother was an you know, uh, uh, yeah, she was, she was not, she's not a good woman.
1: Yeah.
0: And then Jesus, you know, so many of his miracles is with women who are prostitutes, mm-hmm. right there. They, and you know, how does, how is he in that circle? Because his mother was an outcast. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was like so natural for Jesus. So mm-hmm. there's just so much of that story, man. That is just such a powerful story. I'm just like, it's just, you know, shepherds, angels, uh, heaven, earth, the father's voice, crazy. Yeah. Hey, we want to, first of all, I, we'll probably do this again next week, but we want to do wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Yes. And we know that Christmas is a hard time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have loved ones that aren't there lost and broken. Relationships are often exposed in Christmas and people don't show. Yeah. So we want to just pray for a Christmas miracle for you. That there would be restoration and restitution and repentance in, in the life of your Christmas. And that the life of Jesus would just flow through his presence yeah, in your life and through your children. So we pray that, Lord, right now. We pray for Christmas miracles. We pray for the restoration, restitution, mm-hmm. uh, and repentance of people in our families. That there would be connections and reconnections and that the prosperity of the of the, the good news of Jesus would spread through Christ for the masses this year. In Jesus' name, okay. amen. amen. God bless you guys. We'll see
1: you all. Have a
0: wonderful week.
1: We'll see you next time. Yeah,
0: we're back next week, right? Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvallatin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.